Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Folks, he did it again. Biden did it again. This guy, it's just, it's not, it's not funny. It's a comedy of errors, but it's really not funny because the man uh, holds the thumb that could press the nuclear button. And it's so clear the man is cognitively impaired. He did it again. This one was one of the worst I've seen in a while. And uh, also, uh, California is leading the way in a trial balloon effort to stop you from speaking about the medical science around COVID and other things. This story is getting uglier by the day. Loaded show for you today. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. I talk about them every day. Protect yourself online. Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. On this lovely Tuesday down here in Florida, weather's cooling down, beautiful. Sunrise this morning was incredible. Get morning sun, by the way. I'm not your doctor, obviously, but morning sun, just a little bit of it in your eyeballs is so good for you. Where'd that come? I'm just telling you, it makes a huge difference in my life. Where do you know where do these things come from with Dan Bungie? It does. That morning sun is terrific. Forgot that. And then uh, another story about it's a, an incredible abuse of power. Again, uh, emanating from the state of California about what may seem to you like a small thing, dialysis clinics. But I promise this story is going to really piss you off. I don't know any other way to say it. All right. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. You ever heard of data brokers? They're the middlemen collecting the digital footprints you leave online. Then they use your browsing history and location data to sell your profile off to a company who delivers you a targeted ad. No big deal, right? Well, you might be surprised to learn that these same data brokers are selling your information to the Department of Homeland Security and the IRS. Oops. <laughs> to mask my digital footprint, I protect myself, and you should too with ExpressVPN. Brokers aggregate data, tie it back to you through your device's unique IP address, which reveals information about your location. When you're connected to ExpressVPN, your IP address is hidden, making it difficult to them to identify who you are. ExpressVPN encrypts 100% of your network traffic to keep your data safe from hackers on public Wi-Fi. That's why I have ExpressVPN, the app downloaded on all my devices, phone, computer, tablets, even my home Wi-Fi router. All I do is tap one button just like that, and I'm protected. It's that easy. Get the best VPN money can buy. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino right now and get three extra months free. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino. All right, Joseph, let's go. Do not flee. It's showtime. Do not flee for you Braveheart fans. There you go. So he did it again. A um, a, 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 a comedy, tragedy, danger zone time. The guy, uh, Joe Biden, is clearly losing uh, his connection with reality. I mean, I think that's fairly obvious at this point. Folks, I want you to watch this video. He's trying to give out a website for people trying to scam, the, I guess, the student loan. Uh, the new student loan disaster he's trying to put out there. And instead of just giving the website, like we would, Bongino.com, he proceeds to spell it out. Bongino, D-O-T. <laughs> Can't with this guy, folks. Check this out. If you get any questionable calls, please tell us by going to report fraud, report fraud, D-O-T-F-T-C dot gov. Now, again, uh, what do you think? It's only a matter of time for fact checkers. No, uh, no, he, he wasn't spelling it out. There was a previous version of the website. Oh. It was reportfraud.com. And it was, it's only about Bill McCarthy and Tom Kircher, Lewis Jacobson. They're working on a fact check right now because there's a couple of things you cannot do online. 
without some sleazebag fact checker trying to engage in Soviet agitprop to stop you. Two things. Two things you can't do online. Yes. Yeah, I didn't even have to say it. He's like, you cannot. No, no, you can criticize Biden. You can't criticize Biden's mental fitness. Anything like him appearing on stage to shake a hand that doesn't exist, wandering around, appearing lost, <laughs> anything like that, a fact checker will immediately jump in and, and pretend he's in Biden's head and you know what knows what Biden was thinking. The fact checkers will be on this instantly and you definitely can't criticize anything COVID. So you were right, but you got to be more precise. You, you can criticize Biden. You just can't criticize the man's obviously failing cognitive health. All right, moving on. I figured I'd start with that because the guy, again, only has his finger on the nuclear codes in the middle of the biggest nuclear crisis we've had since the Cuban Missile Crisis. And uh, nobody seems to think that's a big deal, uh, except uh, me, Joe Gee, and the conservative talking head ecosystem out there. Okay. Listen, as we continue to shed light on the growing, troubling science surrounding COVID, the COVID vaccine, we had Phil Kirpin on my radio show yesterday, and he was amazing, talking about how the data just continues to pile up, indicating that there are some negative, potential negative outcomes from this COVID vaccine. Not for everybody, but for, unfortunately, a growing number of people who've had issues with myocarditis um, and other things. So, again, these are things you're not allowed to say because the fact checkers, the media and the libs, the symbiote, they don't really believe in science. So Gavin Newsom in California, and this is why this is a problem, because some of you may be saying, well, why do we care what Gavin Newsom in California is doing? I live in Florida because folks, having lived in a blue state, Joe lives in one now in Maryland. What happens is when liberals think of something insane, like we're going to do this medical muzzle bill, which is what this segment on Tucker was about. I'm going to play for you in a second. It's about muzzling scientists and doctors who dare to speak out about the science about COVID. Remember, you're only allowed to say great things about the vaccine and masks, even if the science says not great things. So what they figure now is if they can't stop you with the fact checkers who've totally failed, the fact checkers, people laugh at them now. They think they're idiots. Nobody pays attention to them, right? They figure if they can't stop the fact checkers from self-owning and they can't stop people from actively talking about the real science behind COVID, they're just going to pass a law that'll rip people's medical licenses from them and destroy doctors and scientists' career, uh, careers who dare to speak the truth about COVID. They are desperately trying to take the beach ball and put it underwater. Here was Tucker shows a Tucker show on this last night about this medical muzzle bill out of California. Probably the single greatest threat to science we've seen in the United States. And I promise you, California, Maryland, New York, Illinois, these are test uh, trial balloon states, test tube states that test these crazy things. And if this is allowed to pass in California, it's only a matter of time before it spreads to your state. Check this out. Politicians in California were just caught colluding with Twitter to censor political critics. But instead of stopping the illegal, unconstitutional, totally immoral censorship, Governor Gavin Newsom decided to build that will punish doctors for the crime of disagreeing with Gavin Newsom. Right. Because remember, it's just between you and your doctor, but now Gavin Newsom, who's not a doctor, who's like a moron, is somehow telling your doctor what to think? Yeah. Under this new law, doctors can no longer spread, quote, false or misleading information regarding the nature and risks of the virus, that would be coronavirus, its prevention and treatment, and the development, safety, and effectiveness of COVID-19 vaccines. In other words, you're not allowed to criticize Pfizer. It's now a crime in California. Ooh, shareholders of Pfizer, anyone? Probably. You see the power? Left calls it Big Pharma. Oh, they're right. You see the power they have? Now, why would the left, which over the years has used Big Pharma as a whipping boy, right? 
uh, big pharma driving up prices. And the irony is most of what they say about big pharma is false. Research and development costs a lot of money. So while the left says, well, this drug is ridiculously priced at $10,000 a month, what they don't tell you the left ever is that the you know billions of dollars of R&D went into developing the drugs and the technology beforehand. It's like you spending your entire life, Joe, and your entire life savings, you know, millions of dollars on inventing a new battery for a motorcycle. It gets in a car, the battery is $5,000, and then the people complaining about the price who never invented the product themselves. That's the irony of the left's approach to big pharma. But when big pharma is actively involved in the production of a vaccine that may have issues, all of a sudden, because that vaccine fits into a big government mandate ideology, like, yes, if we can get them to take this vaccine and stick it in their bodies, we can get them to believe anything, that we're in charge of everything, including their bodies. All of a sudden, they're big pharma fans. It reminds me of that David Horowitz book, Unholy Alliance. How, again, the left are anti-anti-communists. We're anti-communists. We hate collectivism and totalitarianism. That's us. They hate us. So they're the anti-anti-communists. They need to get rid of us before they can implement their top-down authoritarian system. You understand that? So whatever we're for, body sovereignty, you shouldn't force me to take a vaccine I want to take. They're against it. Whether the, do you get that? Whether the vaccine works or not to them, or whether the vaccine could potentially kill you or lead to some heart inflammation or whatever, they don't care. They don't care at all. Not even a little bit. Please understand that. You need to be swiped to the side. Swipe right. Get out. You are the anti-communist. They're the anti-anti-communist. They will partner up with anybody. Islamo-fascists, big pharma, anyone, if they believe it'll help get rid of you. They don't care. I'm sorry if I'm really, my apologies if I've been really hard on this for the last week or so. I, I just, again, I'm finding as the information comes out, me personally being bitter for having taken this and not analyzed the science myself and being disappointed in myself. I think my own disappointment in myself is coming out over the air on my show. And that may not be a good idea. Who knows? Maybe you guys and ladies are just, okay, let's talk about something different. I just, I candidly feel like this is going to be one of the greatest public health debacles we've seen in modern American history. I really do. They're terrified of us speaking out, folks, because we keep exposing them, too. It's why they're trying to crush the parallel economy me and others have been trying to build. Because we keep talking about stories like this. Again, talk about the Biden team hypocrisy. It is so in your face when it comes to COVID. The Wall Street Journal had this great piece up the other day about how Biden keeps picking and choosing their COVID pandemic policy. Whether COVID's an emergency or not, again, they're anti-anti-communist, remember that, depends on what side of the issue you're on on any given day. If this doesn't make sense, guys, stop me immediately. Whatever side us, the anti-communists are on, on immigration, student loans, the left will change their definition of a COVID emergency just to stop you. The piece makes this great point in the Wall Street Journal about how the other day HHS, the Department of Health and Human Services, obviously under the Biden administration, Re-up the COVID emergency again. They did. Didn't Biden just three weeks ago do an interview on 60 Minutes? We played the cut, folks, for you. Where Biden said the pandemic is over. You heard it. I played it on the show. 
So how is it that HHS, Health and Human Services, is now re-upping the COVID emergency, even though they just said on a 60 Minutes interview, Biden, that it's over? Well, we're the anti-communists. We don't like government-run health care because we think it's rationing. So what happened? Well, HHS, during COVID, made a, uh, put, a, put a, a little edict in place that while the COVID emergency is happening, you can't kick people off the Medicaid rolls who may make a decent amount of money. Medicaid was for the poor. It's not for people in the middle and upper middle class. So it expanded government health care. The minute the HHS declares that the emergency is over, those people can be removed from the Medicaid rolls. Collectivists don't want that. They love the idea of people being on government-run medicine. Anti-communists like us don't like that. We like free market medicine, which is better. Nobody wants government insurance. So HHS says, nope, emergency's back on. But the piece says this is really weird. Because a couple of weeks ago with the student loan thing, they said that, yes, the emergency's back on again, too. We need the emergency to justify uh, a student loan welfare program. Which is even weirder because just months before that, they said there was no emergency at the border, COVID emergency. So they needed to scrap Title 42, which stopped people from coming in temporarily because of the uh, COVID emergency. They scrapped that and said, no emergency, let them in. So just to re-up this, uh, Biden 60 minutes, no COVID emergency. Biden HHS, COVID emergency. Open borders, Title 42, COVID emergency's over. Student loans, COVID emergency, right back on. Weird. It's so weird. No <laughs> principles at all. Ever. Ever. The COVID emergency is obviously over. The COVID virus we're going to have to deal with is not. We will have to deal with it the rest of our lives. The emergency and the confusion of it obviously has come to an end. We now understand more about it. The virus has not come to an end and will not. We will be dealing with it and the death it causes forever and ever and ever. By the way, what could possibly go wrong with this story? Did you hear this one? Daily Mail. There's a Boston lab where scientists have created a new deadly COVID strain with an 80% kill rate. Uh. My gosh. What could possibly go wrong there? Now, now, apparently they combine these two viruses to create a super virus that kills 80% of mice. Now, uh, again, I think it's fairly obvious, given the uh, high potential that COVID was started by a lab leak in Wuhan, that this could be the single dumbest idea we've ever heard. But let me just explain to you uh, that the, the obvious reason this is so dangerous, this kind of gain of function, which they're denying. The Boston Lab saying, oh, it wasn't gain of function, right? Because there are two things about this virus you need to understand. You need to understand the, the, the r not or how easily it spreads, and then the lethality. But the irony of viruses, if you ask virologists, I'm getting this from them. It's not my original idea. It's from them, the actual experts in this. They will tell you this. Those two things are usually inversely related. Highly infectious viruses aren't typically highly deadly, too. Oh, no, Dan, I saw that movie Outbreak with Dustin Hoffman. No, it's not how it works. Viruses that are highly contagious, that spread easily, the common cold, COVID-19. Folks, if they were 
highly fatal as well. They would kill off all their hosts and the virus has, the evolutionary mechanism of the virus just stops. Its ability to spread stops because it kills everyone off immediately. What you want with a virus, and it doesn't have a conscience, I get that. But what evolutionary works better, evolutionarily works better for a virus is a high R naught, spreads easily, but doesn't kill and doesn't kill right away because it gives the host the time to walk around kind of in a semi-sick state where they're not sure, spread it to thousands of other people. If they die right away, like you saw an outbreak, they come into the, the hospital, oh, I got their eyeballs are bleeding. There's no host to spread it around. Okay, so why is, what does that have to do with this story? That's why it makes this stuff so crazy. You're overriding evolution to create a virus now that's not only super infectious, but super fatal too. That sounds to me like a bad idea, folks. I don't know. Call me crazy. But that sounds to me like a really stupid approach. Hey, mom! The meatloaf! <laughs> right. What is she doing? Right. They're about the Boston land. What are they doing? What are they doing back there? What are they doing back there? Perfect time. <laughs> folks, this is why they've got to shut down the parallel economy. They hate it when, when folks like me and other conservative people on the air, such as me, Levin, and others as well, Tucker and the others out there, they hate it when we bring you the truth and say common sense things like evolution does that, right? Like evolution prevents a highly infectious virus from being highly fatal because it kills the host. So it's probably not a good idea to override evolution and create one that's both. They don't want to hear that because the left is, they're anti-anti-communist. They know we're saying it. So they have to discredit us. So whatever we say, they'll say the opposite. It will only be a matter of time before leftists come out and defend labs creating highly lethal, highly infectious viruses that could kill humankind because we feel like that's a bad idea. Folks, I'm not kidding. They hate the parallel economy. They can't stand it because in this parallel economy with, you know, rumble and all of these conservative and free speech websites, they don't want us talking about this stuff. They want to shut us up. They're the anti-anti-communists. I saw this in Axios this morning, Sarah Fisher. Rich conservatives fund new media universe. This is hilarious. The implication in this article is that this is a dangerous thing. Conservatives funding a free speech parallel economy universe, right? But you know what's weird? These same people seem to have no concerns whatsoever with the Jeff Bezos's, uh, the Jacks from Twitter, and the Mark Zuckerbergs, who are clearly leftists or lean left, despite their protestations otherwise. They seem to have no problem whatsoever with them funding an old media universe that discriminates against conservatives. It's strange how it's only a problem when we figure out the business model and then go and do it. And by the way, we don't ban liberals from our free speech sites. I love how in this look at the article, how they put free speech in quotes as if we don't mean it over at Rumble and elsewhere. New investments in free speech, social media platforms, podcasts, and video channels are upending the media landscape, giving voices to conservatives who feel rejected by traditional networks and outlets. They know why it matters. Many of today's conservative media moguls are both rich and politically active. <laughs> That's why it matters. Dad, they're not kidding. He's right. <laughs> That's why it matters. It matters because they're conservative. You can delete that whole rest of that sentence. Many of today, just put conservative media. That's it. That's all they care about. It's never a problem when leftists do it. It's only a problem when we do it. And keep in mind, unlike Twitter, YouTube, and these other leftist goon sites, over at Rumble, we actually have liberals on the site. Liberals on the site now who enjoy going there because we don't censor their stuff. 
You can't say the same about ScrewTube, who makes every effort to attack conservatives on their garbage site. Telling you, what do I always say? You want to see what the left is thinking, just listen to them. Just listen to them. They will are always eager to tell the truth. Always. They want the truth to seep out because they want to scare you with it. All right, let me get to this. And so the story, the story I got coming up next, I debated throwing this in the show. Can I just be straight with you? Because it involves an attack on dialysis clinics. And you're probably like, well, why should I care about that? Because as I read the story, it's so infuriating about how the left just brags about weaponizing government and the political process to punish people. And they don't care. They're not freaked out at all that you know what they're doing. I'll show you what I mean in a second. Uh, then I get some more info on the FBI. New allegations coming out there too. Birch Gold, ladies and gentlemen, the stock market's in turmoil. In one month, the stock market lost 10% of its value. Even though inflation is out of control due to out of control spending, the Democrats are cranking spending up to new heights in terms around the corner, which is going to cause inflation to get worse. The Fed's going to raise rates. The economy is going to slow down. So you need to protect your nest egg and your savings right now. Protect that wallet. I protect mine with gold from Birch Gold, B-I-R-C-H. And you can too. You can own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered account. If you're freaked out about the economy and the U.S. Uh, dollar, then text DAN to 989898. And Birch Gold will send you a free information kit on securing your savings with gold. I'm a customer. Matter of fact, correction, I'm a multiple-time customer and so grateful I am right now. Birch Gold is legit. They've been around almost 20 years at five-star reviews and thousands of satisfied customers. Check them out. Text DAN to 989898 and secure your future with gold. Do it today. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Message and data rates apply. Thanks, Birch Gold. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. So again, this is one of those stories. It was in the Wall Street Journal. It is about this war, California oh, Organized labor union interests have declared against dialysis clinics. So just a quick background. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this story, but they want to unionize dialysis clinics. Why? Because they want the union dues. It's fairly simple. So because some of these dialysis clinics have not actively uh, said, oh, yeah, unions, we love you guys. Come on in. They need to be punished, of course, because remember the anti-anti-communists, anti-communists like us, it's not that we, I don't have a problem with unions. I have a problem with being forced to join a union. I don't have a problem with unions. I have a problem with force. So because that's what we believe in the anti-anti-communists, everybody then must join a union because they're on the other side. So these dialysis clinics said, you know what? We don't want to unionize. Or the workers don't want to unionize either. So these union interests, they have a ballot initiative in California. You can, it costs a lot of money to get stuff on a ballot, but they do it anyway because they want to make people pay. So this article, Prop 29, puts union coercion on the California ballot. This union, the SEIU UHW, is forcing these clinics to spend a fortune fighting this measure. 
This really ticked me off. The third election in a row, California voters will weigh in on a ballot initiative to put expensive mandates on dialysis clinics. It's some odd obsession by grassroots activists. No, it's a campaign by big labor to bleed these clinics and bully the industry into unionizing. This really ticked me off, man. They don't want to unionize, so these unions are spending big money to force a measure onto the ballot, which would force these dialysis clinics, whether they need it or not, to have a doctor on staff 24 hours, which would cost these clinics upwards of $300,000 or more a year, which would bankrupt them. I mean, if you're getting dialysis, you'd have no clinic to go to. These people don't care. They don't care one bit. The story may have been a mistake, but I'm going to put it out to you. This, just, this is what the left does. Punish the process is the punishment. And if you doubt me that they understand this, this second screenshot from the Wall Street Journal piece, you can put that baby to bed. They did this on purpose. The ballot measures, they know, yeah, that's how it's being used. The SEIU president here, SEIU UHW president, Dave Regan, he once described California ballot measures, quote, Libs, that means he said this, as a tool to exert union strength in bargaining. According to a 2017 executive board meeting minutes, union claims it's standing up for dialysis patients, even as it's exploiting them for its own purposes. Folks, this article so, it sums up the ugly left like I have never seen. Dialysis patients will die without dialysis if their clinics close. This union is going to shut these clinics down if they don't pay people, they don't have money to pay. For a doctor, they probably don't need on standby just because they won't unionize. Well, what if they unionized and the union called a strike? How many people are going to die then? They don't. I, it's a perfectly good question, Joe. And you know as well as I do, they give exactly how many Fs about that? The answer is, there's, wait, here's the Fs. Beautifully sums up the left right there. My man. Here's another suicidal energy policy by the left, the anti-anti-communist crowd. Just saw this pop this morning. So our strategic oil reserves, you know, that little pool of oil we have in the Spro, strategic petroleum oh, yeah. reserves. Yeah. 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 We have that in case there's like a world war and there's a disruption in oil shipments to the United States, which is crazy because even though we're floating on a sea of petrochemicals here, we could develop tomorrow to become energy independent. Uh, we don't do that. So we have this strategic petroleum oil reserve, which we've had since, I believe, the late 70s in response to the oil embargo. It's a really good idea because if nuclear war breaks out and we can't get oil and nobody can drive their car, a lot of people would be dead. And it would violate the number one rule of the Dan Bongino show, which is don't get dead and definitely don't get dead now. So you would think it would be a bad idea for us to empty the strategic petroleum oil reserves because we've got a maniac over, right, over there right now in Russia who may get deposed sometimes in the coming months, by the way. Things are getting uglier over there. And who's actively threatening nuclear war, which would be probably his last response before getting thrown out of office. So, you know, nuclear war, that violates the don't get dead rule, too. So we'd probably need that emergency oil. Nope. Not the suicidal Democrats. This just popped. U.S. is going to sell more oil from the emergency reserve this week. Which, by the way, we're going to have to buy back at record prices. Sounds like a great idea. Now, all this is being done while the, according to Forbes magazine, we are at our lowest level of the SPRO, Strategic Petroleum Reserve, 
since 1984. By the way, note the date on this article, September of 2022. We've since released more. The anti-anti-communists, folks. We're the anti-communists. Our rules are don't get dead, don't get nuclear war. The anti-anti-communists, ah, nuclear war is not so bad. Let's empty the strategic petroleum oil reserve as well. Oh, come on. You're exaggerating about the nuclear war thing. Am I? Here's a Newsweek article. We always back it up, ladies and gents. Facts matter. Facts matter. Here's a fact check by Newsweek. This is real, by the way. I looked this up. I was like, this can't possibly be real. Apparently, there's a Twitter account run by, I guess, some leftists promoting the idea. I am not kidding. That nuclear war could solve the climate change problem. You know, Joe, the whole idea of blacking out the atmosphere through massive thermonuclear detonations, which oh. would throw debris up. Yes, it would block out the sun and everything like that. Now, plant animal life, uh, we would all be dead. But yeah. man, that climate change tightened that right up, that global warming. So Newsweek decided they were going to entertain this idea instead of laughing it off. That nuclear war could potentially solve climate change. You thought I was joking, right? <laughs> so I did these three stories all have a purpose. Nothing, nothing on this show is done randomly. And I mean nothing. Kill the dialysis patients as long as we can unionize. Destroy the nation's strategic uh, energy oil reserve, which gives us a little buffer in the event of a war so we can feed ourselves. Destroy that too. And then while we're at it, nuclear war eh, may not be so bad. You know, could block out the sun for a little while kill all the plant and animal life, but at least it solved the global warming problem. We are dealing with maniacs. And the second, not the minute, but the second you understand that we'll be far better off in dealing with the problem through elections. You've got what? 20 something days left. Here's my daily nuisance bother for you. You haven't registered to vote yet. Why? If you're not going to vote, why not? And if you're going to vote, bring 10 people with you. Please. Your country's not going to save itself. All right. I've got an interesting revelation last night. More revelations from the FBI. By the way, I had a guy in my locals account this morning. He was like all upset. He sent me, if you're a member of my locals account, you send me emails and I, I make a point to read them. And uh, that's, you know, the point of locals. It's a subscription only platform. Rumble owns it, but it's a way to kind of get, uh, you know, access others don't have kind of thing. So that was the idea, local. So I'm a member over there. And a guy said to me, Dan, you know, I'm furious at you touting the FBI and, you know, the percentage of whistleblowers is so low. I'm Do you even listen to my, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I appreciate you being on my locals. Account. I mean it. And maybe I should correct the tone of that, but I'm being serious when I say, do you listen to my show? Have we not? I mean, guys, you're here every day. Do we not every day call it a dis? ban the FBI. I mean, yeah. For like two years now, yeah. I'm really sorry that, you know, you know, you, you may have missed the show, but there are rank and file agents. I hate that term rank and file was so, so abused. There are who are speaking out. Yes, it is a small percentage. We've been crystal clear on that. That's why we want to disband the FBI. So I appreciate the email. I read them, but that's not, you're not listening to my show. You're listening to some other show. I'll get to what I mean in a second. Brett Barrett, an interesting uh, uh, news break last night on the show about the Bureau. First, Omaha Steaks. I have been in Omaha Steaks household for a very long time because we love Omaha Steaks. Why? 
Because not only is the food amazing, but it's some of the best priced food you're going to get from tailgates to busy weekends. The flavor experts at Omaha, Steak made, Omaha Steaks have made it easy to savor all the flavors of fall. They have mouth-watering assortments of perfectly aged steaks, ultra-juicy burgers, which Ghee loves, and easy-to-prepare comfort meals that are ready in a flash. Right now, take advantage of 50%, 5-0, 50% off site-wide by shopping their semi-annual sale. The sale happens only twice a year, and it's on now with 50% off delicious customer favorites when you use promo code Bongino at checkout. B-O-N-G-I-N-O. The food is delicious. Take an additional $30 off your order when using that promo code. Don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com, enter Bongino at checkout, and stock up on delicious fall flavors today. Omaha Steaks is perfect for those chilly and busy fall nights with entrees ready before the kids can say what for dinner. What's for dinner? And don't forget to use the promo code Bongino at checkout to score an extra $30 off your order. Listen, Omaha Steaks isn't just steak. It's the best steak of your life. The food is delicious. I personally vouch for it. I was a customer way before they were, uh, they were a client here, way before. The food is amazing. The burgers are amazing. The steaks, you cut them with a butter knife. A little seasoning on there, you're good to go. Food's guaranteed. That's omahasteaks.com. Code Bongino at checkout. Minimum order may be required. Thanks, Omaha Steaks. We appreciate it. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. Okay. Um, oh, here's what I mean. So on Brett Baer's show last night on Fox, another FBI whistleblower has now come forward. I wish there were more, ladies and gentlemen. I can't control that. I left my job myself in the Secret Service. I left my job. Of course, I left my job myself. I am myself. But I left my job, so I speak from experience. I know what it's like to walk away from a secure government pension and a job, frankly, I loved uh, because I saw something wrong. It's a self-praise. It just happened. Other people are coming forward. I wish there were more. It's not my fault that there aren't. I have incentivized them to please come forward. Brett Baer says another one's coming forward now. And this is important. This may be the biggest revelation of all. An FBI whistleblower appears to have information that the FBI knew Joe Biden was directly involved in his son's activities. They knew it. We know he was, right? Everybody knows Joe Biden was the big guy. I mean, we have the business partner saying it. The point is the FBI knew too, and they may have shelved this and used the Russian disinformation stuff about the laptop from those Intel people to scrap this stuff. Listen to this. Check this out. Iowa Republican Senator Chuck Grassley says new whistleblower documents reveal President Biden was aware of son Hunter Biden's business arrangements and may have been involved in some of them. Senator Grassley has written to the attorney general, the FBI director and the Delaware U.S. attorney saying the bureau may have failed to follow up because of improper disinformation claims tied to Russia prior to the 2020 election. President Biden has repeatedly denied speaking to Hunter about his business dealings. Hunter Biden is currently under federal investigation for tax issues. No comment tonight from the White House, the Justice Department, the FBI or the Delaware U.S. attorney. Folks, you have to think of this as a criminal investigator. This is what I did for a long time. Proving intent is a big deal. Proving intent in a crime isn't a big deal necessarily because it's an element of the crime. 
but it is an element of how the jury is going to potentially convict. Follow me, please. When I was investigating counterfeit money cases, intent is not part of an element of the crime. In other words, whether Joe Armacostovy passed the counterfeit $100 bill intended to do it or not, for the crime is irrelevant. It's not, or else why? If, if, you, if, if, if an element of the crime was, and the subject had to know it was counterfeit, well, what would happen? Joe's defense and everyone else would be like, I didn't know. I didn't know. That song by Joe, wasn't me. Wasn't me, right? That's not an element of the crime. Here's the problem, though, folks. If you see some 83-year-old grandmother in a 7-Eleven who clearly has poor eyesight and she passes a $100 what we used to call super note, there are these amazing $100 counterfeit bills. I can't think, a lot of the information is classified, so I can't really talk about too much. Who makes them and all? They're, I'm telling you, they're almost totally undetectable. To the point that me, as a trained Secret Service agent who did counterfeit, you'd have to get the little like uh, magnifier out. And even then, it was like you were looking for this little thing. That's how good the notes were. That's why he called them super notes. Now, grandma passes this super note. She's got terrible eyesight. She's never been arrested in her entire life, and she volunteers at the church. Committed the crime, Joe. Commit the crime, do the time, right? Yes, sir. So grandma in jail. Do you actually believe a judge or a jury is going to convict her? You see, now, we're getting into some important stuff here. This is critical. I think this is why this show has some value-added analysis others don't have. Lawyers should, like Levin can do all this. He was a lawyer. He knows more than that. But as an investigator, bringing cases to lawyers, these are the kind of things you start to think about. Intent matters, even if it's not an element of the crime. Got it? For the jury and the judge. That works the other way, too, though. When you're trying to convict not a person, but the FBI of malfeasance, intent matters. They have been able to say and skate for the longest time that, <laughs> I don't know, man. We thought collusion was real. We got duped. It's like the Beavis and Butthead approach. We got duped. Oh, man, Christopher Steele said he had a pee-pee tape. Man, shame on us, Joe. We got duped. Hunter Biden and Joe Biden were doing corrupt international business deals with enemies of the United States. <laughs> we had no way to know. Thought it was Russian disinfo. You understand why a whistleblower coming forward from inside the FBI saying, bull, they knew the entire time. Here's the evidence. It proves intent. Does it mean the FBI is going down? I don't trust the justice system at all. I want to be clear. I'm not one of those guys. Oh, everything's going to be fixed tomorrow. But intent matters. And this whistleblower is showing at a minimum if he can produce the goods or she, I don't know who it is, that the FBI knew and intentionally made the Hunter Biden thing go away before the election. Now, I'm telling you the left is freaking out over this. Is anything going to happen to the FBI? I don't know. I don't know. I don't get ahead of my skis on this stuff. But the left is unquestionably freaking out. Why? Because they're anti-anti-communists. The left hated the FBI before the FBI became a political tool of the left. So now we start questioning the FBI's involvement in politics. The anti-anti-communists now love the FBI. Dipsy-doo, flipperoo, little kung fu, baby, little verbal jujitsu. They love the FBI now. They don't care 
how humiliating it is that they've got to trot out three discredited losers from the DOJ and FBI to defend the FBI with this obvious case now, obvious case of corruption and malfeasance. What, the collusion hoax? No, no, the Hunter Biden deal that they squashed the Hunter Biden story. Here is the hilarious, growing, I mean, growingly ridiculous Nicole Wallace on MSNBC, a grifter of the highest order, a woman who will do anything for a paycheck in this content space. She will say or do anything as long as the check cashes, okay? Here is Nicole Wallace on her MSNBC show, who in light of this story about FBI whistleblowers coming forward, trots out a panel of trots out a panel of Peter Stroke. Remember Peter Stroke? He can smell the Trump voters. Remember that guy? Yeah. <laughs> Collusion peepee guy, Peter Stroke, who was doing a with the behind his wife's back. Remember that guy? Peter Stroke, Andy Weissman, DOJ hack and goon who knew about the corrupted dossier and then became Mueller's lieutenant to go and target Donald Trump. Total goon and loser, Andy Weissman. And who's the third guy on the panel? Guy's personal favorite, Frank Fugazi. Remember Fugazi? Eight. <laughs> Eight. It means Heil Hitler. And nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking about it because you're a crazy person. This is her all-star panel. Here, play cut one here. This, this, is, uh, this is hilarious. Here's Nicole Wallace asking Peter Stroke to comment on the whistleblowers. My whistleblowers, the guys who came to me. Not mine, but you get the point. Kyle Serafin and Steve Friend who have made a convincing case that the FBI handled January 6th differently than BLM and Antifa and the actual riots that happened there for a political motive. Here's Peter Stroke commenting on that saying, oh man, these guys, they didn't take this stuff seriously. No, no, no. The government was using it as politically target people. This is Stroke, check it out. When you look at any number of us who had our actions unpacked and looked at up, down, left and right, both surrounding the investigations of Secretary Clinton and then the Russian interference in 2016, the good news that came out of that was the inspector general coming out and saying, we found no evidence, none, documentary or testimonial or otherwise, indicating there were any improper motivations behind anything the FBI did. And that gives a measure of reassurance to the American public that the FBI behaved and acted in a professional, appropriate way. If we don't have that same sort of look beyond this clearly troubling, you know, sort of in indications of behavior where agents are refusing to take part in January 6th investigations, where agents are suggesting they might sit on leads related to January 6th. I mean, that's actual tangible inaction that plays a real detrimental role in the F what the FBI's work is. And it absolutely is essential for not only the FBI to tackle this, but for outside entities to do so as well. Holy Moses, you trot out the pee-pee hoax guy who made a point on an FBI device to text his mistress about how smelly Trump voters were in a Walmart and how he would stop the Trump presidency. You seriously have this guy on. Listen, you can love or hate Fox and, and all this other stuff and CNN or MSNBC, but I get there's a lot of people who have legitimate beefs with news channels for all kinds of things. But I'm telling you right now, if you had a loser like this on your show, they'd be like, wait, what? This guy, this guy has zero credibility at all. And he's a liar. He's a liar. He said the IG said the FBI acted properly. That's not, one. There's a classified appendix to the IG's report about the collusion hoax. You notice how he doesn't tell you that? 
and nobody's seen that yet? Oh, yeah. Hey, Pete, you were an FBI agent. You freaking liar. This guy's such a scumbag. Pardon my language. He is such a delusional scumbag. Everybody I know in the FBI who knew this guy said he was the biggest piece of you have ever seen. Pretty much hated by the people around him and the ones who knew him. That's the kind of guy this guy was. An embarrassment to the FBI. An embarrassment. The FBI acted properly? The IG never said that. They said, given the lack of satisfactory answers, they couldn't, the, the IG didn't have enough information to make a decision on what the FBI's motives were. He didn't say any of what Peter Stroke just said. But of course, Nicole Wallace lets him get away with it because she loves the lie. She's such a goof, man. These shows are ridiculous. I got more on this coming up in a second. Let me get to my last sponsor. I got this other Stroke double down, by the way, on this. On this panel, Peter Stroke, you got this guy on MSNBC. It is so, this news network should be embarrassed. News network, what a joke. Folks, if you want to know what the left's real plan is for your kids, just look at the reaction to the work Patriot Mobile did in multiple school districts in Texas. The left is losing their minds over it. Patriot Mobile, they're America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider, and they're a force for conservative values. It's because they take a portion of your bill and they fund conservative causes and candidates who believe in things like the sanctity of life, freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, and they're winning. Patriot Mobile has affordable plans for you, your family, even for your business. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, you're supporting conservative values with every call. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Dan or call 972-PATRIOT. You'll get free activation with the offer code Dan. Special discounts are also available for veterans and first responders. You deserve it. Join our movement. Make the switch today. Make a difference tomorrow. Patriotmobile.com slash Dan. PatriotMobile.com slash Dan or call 972-PATRIOT. Thanks, Patriot Mobile. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Here's Stroke on the exact same panel, doubling down on this insanity and making comments about political bias, political bias. I want you to understand this epic life loser, this piece of filth, Peter Stroke, who almost single-handedly in the FBI was responsible for pushing the biggest political hoax and weaponization of the FBI in American history is commenting on political biases in the FBI? Is this a joke? Sadly, it's not. This actually happened on a panel. Check this out. Overwhelming majority of FBI employees, agents, analysts, professional staff have political opinions, and every single day they come in, they put those aside, and they honor their oath to the Constitution. The fact is that I think you do have a small number, and I was going to say this initial email that was published was in the days and weeks following the insurrection. And some people not in D.C. might just simply watching that footage say, oh, well, this was a riot that got out of control. What concerns me is what you reported that even now, recently, that there might be anybody who would think that this was just some sort of riot that got out of control, that isn't aware of these multiple complex conspiracies that were going on weeks and months prior to the insurrection, that there weren't these fake slates of electors that were being ginned up and planned months before January 6th. That, to me, points to a leadership failure. This is hilarious. 
makes up some conspiracy theory about how this was some like planned insurrection. They were going to overthrow the government, not a legitimate beef about an election crisis in 2020. And any comments about political bias in the FBI? Is this a really, is this a joke? This has got to be a joke. And Nicole Wallace just sits there, never asks him ever about his texts, his tweets about how he's going to stop Donald Trump, how he can smell the Trump people. Texts on an FBI device to his mistress. Peter, really, you're not the guy for this stage, right? Please, for the sake of America, you've humiliated your family, the FBI, and the country enough. Please stop. I'm serious. You're going to have grandkids one day. They're going to be at the look at you're an embarrassment. Here's the real Peter Stroke. Look at this clown under oath. Remember when he was brought in front of Congress years ago? Here's Rep. Bob Goodlatte, a Republican, asking him about his texts about the smelly Walmart people. And I want you to listen to this snake, this slob under oath. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't mean that. I was making like a political commentary about the flux capacitor, incapacity. Listen to this idiot. Check this out. Let's discuss a text that hits home for me. On August 26, 2016, you texted Ms. Page, quote, just went to a Southern Virginia Walmart. I could smell the Trump support and smell is in capital letters, all capital letters. What does Trump support smell like, Mr. Strzok? Sir, that's an expression of speech. I clearly wasn't smelling one thing or the other. What I was commenting on is living in northern Virginia. Well, what does that driving, mean? What I, what I meant by that was living in northern Virginia, having traveled 100 and 150 miles south within the same state, I was struck by the extraordinary difference in the expression of political opinion and belief amongst the community there. And, and you describe that as smell in capital letters. Sir, that was a choice of the quick choice of words and a text. All right. So earlier. Seen or well, heard. I, OK. You believe this guy? Huh. He's commenting on how he notice when he plays like this silly word game. Yeah. This is one of what I would call the stupid smart people. A guy who clearly prides himself on some degree of academic achievement, but is one of the dumbest SOBs you've ever seen in your life. Oh, I was commenting on the political differences. Yeah, by saying you can smell the political differences on the Trump supporters. Yeah, we, we, we know what you wrote. And he's allowed on MSNBC to comment on political biases. Who else was on that panel? Andy Weissman. That zero from the DOJ who knew about the dossier and the political leanings of it and ran with it and was dep was the deputy on the Mueller probe. But then this guy, the clown prince of the FBI, Frank Fugazi, one of the tier one level morons, one of the dumbest human beings in former law enforcement to ever get some kind of a cable news deal or whatever he has to go on TV. If he's not paid, I, 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 I don't know why they let this guy on. Here's the real Frank Fugazi. This guy was on the panel, too, promoting a conspiracy theory that the uh, Trump White House lowered a flag on a certain day as an ode to Hitler. And by the way, as I always comment, he doesn't even know the difference between half staff and half mast because he's a stupid, smart person like smelly Peter Stroke. This is the this guy was on the panel, too. This is never a bad time for this one. Check this out. We have to understand the adversary and the threat we're dealing with. 
And if we don't understand how they think, we'll never understand how to counter them. So it's little things and language and messaging that matters. The president said that we will fly our flags at half mast until August 8th. That's 8-8. Now, I'm not going to imply that he did this deliberately, but I am using it as an example of the ignorance of the adversary that's being demonstrated by the White House. The numbers 8-8 are very significant in neo-Nazi and white supremacy movement. Why? Because the letter H is the eighth letter of the alphabet. And to them, the numbers 8-8 together stand for Heil Hitler. So we're going to be raising the flag back up uh, at dusk on 8-8. No one's thinking about this. No one's thinking about it because you're a moron. Wow. No one's thinking about it because you are the only person on planet Earth who put that talking point to a producer to try to get on TV. You were the only person thinking about it because you're an idiot. And call, he said it right. Calling him a stupid, smart person is really, really an insult to stupid, stupid people who know better. That was their panel on FBI malfeasance, those three losers. All right, a couple of things. You know, I, I, Peter Stroke and, and Fugazi and Andy Weissman, they want to make you believe January 6th was the worst insurrection in human history while downplaying their role in an actual insurrection, the attempted takedown of Donald Trump through a Russian-inspired, Hillary Clinton-inspired pee-pee tape hoax. They don't want to talk about that. But folks, it's not working. And this is why, listen, I'm not in the predictions business, so I'm going to stay out of it. I'm just going to say this. The ecosystem, electoral ecosystem for the Democrats is devolving by the day. With inflation spiking, gas prices going up again, the war in Ukraine going really bad, and Joe Biden spelling out dot com, D-O-T, things have gotten ugly. Hence the January 6th Peter Stroke distraction. But a Harvard-Harris poll came out the other day. Look at where January 6th rates on the most important issues facing the country. 19th. Folks, if you think that's going to move the needle at 19th, beneath all of these other issues, you are out of your mind. And I encourage the Democrats, keep it up. Keep it up. Uh, let me leave you with a bit of good news today. I saw this video pop. You know, uh, the NFL has put out a litany of uh, negative stuff over the last few years. You know, woke crap, BLM stuff, you know, sanctioning, you know, by wink and nod, if not directly, kneeling for our national anthem. It's just pathetic. The NFL sport I loved. I was a huge fan of football. I used to watch the Ravens and when I lived in uh, right near Baltimore and I was an Oakland and LA Raiders fan growing up. Loved Kenny Stabler, the snake. The fact that an organization like the NFL, which prides itself in, or used to in masculinity and being tough, that it's folded to the woke-topians. It's just always been pathetic. And not that I've had a change of heart because these are isolated incidents like the whistleblowers are in the FBI, but hearing Coach Todd Bowles, who happens to be black, or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just destroy that woke reporter. Like, hey, you're black, and so is the other coach. But what does that mean? He's like, it means I'm an NFL coach. Like, what does that mean to you? Then I saw this pop this morning. This is uh, the NFL's uh, Chargers. Are they... I think in San Diego. I don't even know where they are. In L.A. L.A. Sorry, I'm, I'm 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 not trying to be funny about it, folks. I honestly haven't watched the NFL so I don't even know where the hell they are now. L.A. Chargers. Now, this is their kicker, Dustin Hopkins. Uh, I guess he kicked some winning field goal, whatever. After the game, he's asked a question uh, by the reporter, and uh, 
This is really great. Good for you, Dustin Hopkins. Check this out. How were you able to grit this one out? Um, before I directly answer that, I just want to say thank you to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, well, I'd like to say thank you to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, too. And uh, regardless of your religion or your faith, it's nice for a man of faith to express proudly in front of an audience of millions um, you know, his faith and his willingness to subordinate himself to a higher cause and higher, higher values and, and our God. That's great. We get some more of that in the NFL. Maybe in five, ten years, you turn around. Maybe you'll get a fan back. Maybe too late. I'm not sure. That's right. Good point, Guy. Joe, we get, sorry, we got to leave with some bad news. Uh, I want to leave on a high note, but Guy's correct. Fugazi and Peter Stroke are probably pushing to investigate this guy immediately. He will have an FBI team knocking at his door tomorrow morning in uh, raid jackets. We're here the FBI. Uh, we heard you may be involved with a PP tape over in uh, Slovenia back in 1996. Uh, sir, I was barely alive, and I, that doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You're part of it. That could be next. Good point. All right, folks, please subscribe to the podcast. I'm sorry to bug you about this, but you'd be doing me a huge favor on Apple, Spotify, and a Rumble. It is absolutely free, but it keeps us on the charts and helps other people find the show. That's due to you. Really appreciate it. Uh, Rumble.com slash Bongino, Apple, and Spotify. Thanks so much. See you on the radio show a little bit later. You just heard Dan Bongino.